0: This is a Centre for Stories podcast. I'm Claudia from the team here at the Centre for Stories, and I'm excited to introduce you to our story this week. But before we get into it, I wanted to share with you an exciting event coming up on the 22nd of June called Saga Sisterhood. Saga Sisterhood is the result of a project developed by Sukcheet Kaur Khalsa. Over the past six months, a group of dedicated women from South Asian backgrounds have worked with our story trainers to develop real life stories about love, friendship, belonging, family, and identity that are bound to make you laugh and cry. Tickets for this event are available via our website. You will also find details in the information section for this podcast. We hope to see you there. Today's story is part of our Roaring 90s series, a collection of stories from our community elders collected throughout 2018. This collection of stories features the memories of yesteryear, accounts of war, racism, technological triumph, assimilation, and social change. Michael Solarkas was 96 when this interview was recorded. He shares his story of coming from Greece to Australia in 1938 and the outpouring love from his mother and community that got him there. We thank Michael for sharing his story as well as his daughter, Marilyn Salakas, for her support.
1: My name is Marco Salakas. I was born in 1921. Um, I arrived on, a, on an Italian boat named like Viminale on the 8th of February 1938. On the island that I was living with my parents and the rest of the family, Uh, They only had primary schools. At that time, my mother had an uncle and auntie in Athens where there's plenty of high schools. And uh, he asked my mother if I'd like to go there and study at high school level. So I did. But they were very old, actually. I only stayed there three years. I did three classes of high-schooling. I had two brothers who were, well, I wasn't born when they died, you know. Now, my father came with his eldest son who died in Port Piri. What was the name of the sickness? Um, the Spanish flu. Spanish flu. He died there, a 17, 18-year-old boy, mm. and he was disgusted. Got on the boat, he went back to Greece. He goes there, he had another son who was six years old. And he died with the The other... The plague. The plague. He died too. When we grew up, we used to go and see him at the cemetery. You know, Mm. uh, full of sadness. And uh, the recent years came and my sister was already in Kalgoorlie, in Boulder, They decided to send me back to Australia.
2: After the death of two sons, Michael's mother decided to give him the best chance at life. Michael was sent off to Australia.
1: My sister, one of my sisters, there was a, what's the name, a raised marriage of my sister. Mm. Parents and the family decided to send me to Australia the whole family was sad, but I did go, I did come.
0: Why do you think they were sad,
2: eh? What, well,
1: because what... of two sons they had. And, the... and my there was another four girls in the family, mm. two boys and four girls. The girls survived, they no Karakata.
2: We asked him to reflect on his journey to Australia and his experiences living on a new land,
1: Paul, my uh, brother-in-law was Paul. He, he was a tailor. He said, Michael, you might take it. You might as well take an apprenticeship in tailoring. I didn't want to go anywhere else to be. Then he might apprenticeship. So uh, I decided that I stay with him. Uh, and he told me, before you start, you've got to pay a shilling money was very very expensive then you know how much i got 12 or 6 a week but it was good money then anyway i stayed with him at one stage it was a bit quiet now i'll bring you the, the dark side of my talk paul he asked me if he can if they can put me onto another tailor that has plenty of work because she was quiet and he could afford this for six a week. <laughs> you see? So uh, we did that. I went to the uh, workers' hall for a meeting and I told the fellow, I wouldn't say his name because it's got family, I don't want to say it, but he... I told him that I, I, I look, I'm looking for a job for 2-3 weeks until it picks up. This was his answer. He said, I don't know whether I'll be able to give you a job, I think I'll get you a job, but even if we did, I wouldn't give it to you because you, you're not an Australian. That, now, this is the things in my life that I don't like, because I love Australia, I love Australians, and it's, uh, it's hard for me to express these things.
2: Michael loves Australia, but he has experienced some hard times. We asked Michael to reflect on some of the difficulties in adjusting to Australian life.
1: So, uh, Boulder Square. There's an hotel, a commercial bank. Next to commercial bank was my brother-in-law's tailor shop we saw a a lot of people coming out of the pub and they were hitting someone. And I said, Paul, what's going on? He says, they hate the foreigners. He was a foreigner, might have been Italian, a Slav, I don't know. But then again, I don't know if he did anything wrong Mm. in the pub. What they did to him was disgusting. But then again, I didn't know the other side. Mm. But, now, to be fair.
0: But it was also yeah. 1938, four years after bad? the Eureka mm. Stockade, the riots mm. in Kalgoorlie. I was so it was only, No, but it, there's still a lot of...
1: Yeah, there was about a, a, a lot of few days after of conflict, two, three weeks after the riots in Kalgoorlie. Mm. I came just after that. Uh, my mother, she went around some ladies that, they had some of the, what's his name? Silver. Silver. They had quite a bit of silver in different things. Bit by bit, bit by bit, We knew the jeweler, and he made a cross, this cross. And my mother, she'll collect some some silver to make a cross uh, in memory to help me, to, to bless me with the cross, uh, so I can survive longer mm-hmm. than the others. So it's for protection? For protection, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Michael took the cross with him everywhere. He even brought it with him in the army.
1: Yeah, when I was in the army, I put it in my, with me. Yeah, well, I, I used to, I was only in Australia a few months and they called me the army. Now, even today, I don't know why they called me out, because I was not an Australian. But I think the Greek government might have had something to do with it.
0: So you, get, you get, went into the army and you carried that with you?
1: Yeah. I In did. his
0: kit bag. In my
1: kit bag. You know? Went, yeah, yeah.
0: And it I, kept I was you safe.
1: That was, my, my kit bag was my pillar. <laughs> but,
0: that was it. It kept you safe.
1: Yeah. But actually, we were very lucky to have had America on our side. But even today, I mean, the British—they sent two boats. The next day, they—they they came to Australia. They went to uh, to tag Japan, and they were both sunk.
2: We asked Michael to tell us about how he met his wife.
1: Now. There's a Greek church around the color here, and uh, I think that was up. It was up.
0: There was a hall. But there was
1: a hall next door, a small hall, and they used to run dances. So if we happened to be or live, we used to go to the dance and dance with the Greek kids. We used to go there. And uh, I don't know if you knew bandes. have you ever heard of it? Canadian bands, that's the bands that you go around charging partners. Flotation call it Canadian banders. partners. And we used to uh, charge, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I saw this girl, my wife, and uh, I asked another chap that I knew there, who's that girl? And he says to me, don't you know her? She says, she went to school with her brother. Her brother was Nick Simeon, and she was Lola Simeon, or Crystalline. Mm. And, uh, and one day, I popped a question. <laughs> and that was it. My mother, my sister, they were all happy. Yeah. There was a song in Greek about green eyes. And she had green eyes. So that was an attraction, yes. but she was a beautiful-looking woman. We got married in 1948. Yes. Yeah? She's a beautiful mother and a beautiful wife. The more I see her, the older she gets, I love her more.
2: Michael shared his tips on a long, happy life.
1: Uh, I think for a long life, well, on the island... We had every chance of good exercises. We did, do, we did do gymnastics. We had the water next to us, swimming every day. Swimming, exercise. Yeah. I tell you honestly, we didn't have enough money to buy too much meat.
0: Ah. How's that? Yeah.
1: You ha- we ate a lot of... hosta uh, No, no, no. Uh, Greens. Uh, Austria Osprea. Uh,
0: legumes. Legu- legu- legumes.
1: Legumes. We ate a lot of legumes. Beans. And they reckon the legumes are just as good in your diet, as, if not better than meat.
2: Mm. Yeah. But
1: yeah. It, it did be good for the rest of my life. When I come out of the army, I didn't want to go live with my sister or my uh, whatever re- relative. I wanted to build my own home, my own home. Yeah. Uh, so you married uh, young, eh, hey, well, uh, Dad,
2: twenty
1: six. twenty seven mm. I was.
0: Twenty seven, yeah.
1: yeah. Wow.
0: I guess that was yeah. what
1: they did mm. those days. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I I can never thank Australia enough for what they showed they 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 gave us. Mm. They opened up their arms and put us in. Uh, some people were well, ignorant, mm. and they always uh, had a go at us, but they a hell of a lot of good people.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this story, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. If you would like to listen to more stories, to check out our upcoming events, or to find out more about what we do, please head to www.centerforstories.com.